everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for April because it's still April. The year is going so fast. It's almost like there's been a barrage of months and time, you know, just coming into us. And there's only one way to deal with a barrage. You can deal with a barrage by trying to force it and trying to calm it down or you can embrace that barrage. So how do you embrace a barrage when it comes to board games? Well, you go and you reach out and you, you see if anybody is involved in some kind of board game barrage, which is why there's a gentleman by the na- name of Callan Allen. He's out there. He's doing his board game barrage. He's here to come here and talk to us about how to do a podcast and this how to not show your amazing. This is this. No, no, no. I'm loving this. I um, I. Barrage. I, I'm a little worried about the pronunciation of that word, but I don't. I think that's it's a LA. barrage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're a, you're a, you're in my house now, son. <laughs> so, uh, all right. I will. Is uh, that barrage? Is it? Is it barrage? Well, bar- is it barrage? Board, board game barrage. But I, I, we. It's funny because I'm from California, but one of the hosts on board game barrage is from South Africa. So all right. we Constantly are arguing about pronunciation. So yes. like, m- missile is a word he says, and it's obviously missile. It's, it's missile. Obviously missile. Obviously but, um, missile. Board game. How did you say a ba- barrage? A barrage. Yeah, I've never <laughs> heard of that. <laughs> See, it could be worse because I'm Scottish, which means I could roll my R's into it as well. You know, I'd, so I could I'd go love a barrage. Oh, <laughs> it's a barrage. Man. It's like, but you would say, would you say garage or ga- garage? Because I say garage. Garage. See, I Definitely. say garage. I, you, know, you know, I'd say I've got to go into the garage and get myself some ice from the icebox. So, you know. So I don't even know what an icebox is. So we're uh, it's a f- on different. It's a, f- it's a fridge freezer. We're on you different Of course you know what an icebox. Don't, you know, you're bringing in language into this already and we've not even... We've not even started. We better say hello to all the good people out there, Callan. So hello to everybody who's out there. The reason that we do this is quite simply because um, I like doing it, you know. And if you like doing something, as long as it's not illegal and hurting people, then you just carry on. And the other reason that we're doing this is because um, we kind of started talking over Facebook, didn't we? That was a very high-octave kind of thing. I saw that you had been talking, you know, you've been doing this for a while now, done a couple hundred of these. Yeah. Uh, and and I thought that you might have kind of a, a unique perspective. I think I reached out and just asked some questions about download numbers, how your podcast was going and, and kind of, I think I was feeling kind of down at the time, but you were yeah. uh, su- super kind. And so I've been uh, following you ever since. Yeah, I cannot always, I don't know. I I always worry about if somebody comes to me and asks for me to adv- for a, kind of help or information or advice that I'm not coming across as patronizing because I'm an old guy and I'm a father as well. So if somebody comes up to me and says, you know, I turn into like Woody Harlison in the solo film. I'm kind of like mm-hmm. there to try and be your mentor kind of thing. And then I, I worry about kind of coming across some pat- patterns. But does it matter? Because you, you know, obviously you went ahead and you've got the board game barrage um <laughs> where you kind of where you kind of meet up and you have big arguments and fights and sometimes there's crockery you know i'm glad it's not on a webcam show because there's nobody out there'd be cups and plates and meeples and cardboard kind of flying about the place um as with because obviously i'm ridiculously 
good at having no imagination with regards to the format of the show. We do like to find out about how people got into the hobby in the first place. Yeah. So do you want to, I guess, have a tell us about your history so we can yeah. look back look back at the microphone track of the past, look into the kind of the, the editing of the present before we blast off into the putting across the social media of the future. Wow. Uh, well, that's going to be hard to follow. Uh, <laughs> Your competition, all right? So, <laughs> this isn't going to yes. be easy. It's not going to be an easy thing. Not going to be a friendly conversation. It's I got not. it. No, no, I let's go it. for No, no. Top's coming off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I got into uh, board gaming at a young age. Um, my family had a, a yearly... Um, retreat uh like mm-hmm. a camping trip and i would play like scrabble there was a scrabble tournament right, uh, with okay. all the adults there um okay. and uh played settlers of Catan there uh for the first time uh, and really enjoyed that kind of maybe got out of the hobby um until college uh and then uh, was reintroduced to the hobby through dominion uh dominion right, okay. um i think is kind of a lot of people's second big entryway into the hobby you got carcassonne you've got dominion ticket to ride i think these things really have have broadened beyond the hobbyist um i have this i have this theory <laughs> that depending on where you live you're more or less likely to play board games based on how cold it is outside um so uh and so i've lived in 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 new york city and i've lived in uh yeah. utah and and a couple yeah. of other places and where it's colder, I feel like people are more often playing games, playing board games. But um, that's just a theory. And and I mean, I think a lot of the conventions in America are actually in the colder places. Um, I don't know if that's just coincidence, but it doesn't seem like it to me. Um, I I don't think that getting maybe a couple of um, a couple of hundred you know people into a room sitting around playing board games is the type of thing you want to do in a really kind of hot place. Because I think that people, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think that people would end up just picking up the board and kind of fanning themselves madly with it. And let's face it, um, you know, there is sometimes on occasion, um, you know, somebody needs to have a little bit of a refresh of the old armpits, and you know that could be that's not going to be a good time in thirty degrees. Let's say, you know, let's kind of face no, it. no, that's um. It is what they talk about at Gen Con is that you can kind of smell it, you know, and that's it. <laughs> Our, not a warm place. It's like to, a John Carpenter film. What's that? Is uh, that the fog? No, it's Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Gen Con? I've not. No, no. It's one of those dreams. It's kind of like one of those 50 places on the bucket list I want to go before I die. Essen's on there. I'd love to go to Essen. I know people have gone and they've saved up for Gen Con and it can be pretty expensive. I know people that say that Gen Con is madly busy, like crazily kind of, it's almost like the city can't deal with the amount of Gen Con that goes on at Gen Con nowadays. There's so many people that kind of go there. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're getting a press badge, dude, so I don't know why you're complaining about the money. You're You're the big leagues. Come I'm on. not getting a press. I don't get a press. I you still got to travel. You it's get not a, like you I get know. the pre- You don't get the press plane. It's not like yeah. they rock up. Like, you know, I mean, <laughs> maybe you sh- haven't made it yet, but... I've know. not made it yet. I've not made it uh, yet. I've not got to shut up and sit down talking about us, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, that, that's, uh, you know. there's a hotel at, uh, at, at Gen Con where it's like, you know, Tom Vassell, the door on the left. Yeah. Quinn Smith from Shut Up and Sit Down, and then Board Game Barrage. You know, our room is at the very, very end <laughs> of that just, hallway. Just because you come up and change the towels, right? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't mean you're, <laughs> doesn't mean doesn't you're mean gonna hang about with standing outside the door. Though I'll tell you what, um, I can't. I mean, I met kind of Rodney Smith for the first time, like um, just over a month ago now, and I. Th- I kind of, like, I got, not starstruck, but the thing that was running through my head was, don't come across like an idiot, don't come across like an idiot, don't come across like an idiot, kind of thing. And there was that kind of thing. Um, which is kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a strange thing, because they're just like normal, 
<laughs> he's like, you start talking to him. He's like, oh, you're just, you are, you know, just a regular kind of normal kind of guy. Yeah, um, I think it's, it is weird. I think uh, when Quinn's from Shut Up and Sit Down emailed us, I kind of had the same feeling like, oh, oh shit, like what's about to happen? <laughs> How many times did you write the response and delete it and then write the response and delete it? <laughs> I, I'll, ne- I'll never tell. That was uh, crowdsourced between three people, all three What's hosts. That? I bet you were even like worried about, no, no, put that on a second line. Don't put the spaces between the lines. Don't yeah, put the spaces between the lines. This was is a, a flashback. F- this is so so close to what it actually was, was like. There a fo- was there a font choice? Did you... <laughs> Did you have? Because you've got your marketing head on, and you're like that. There's no way we're sending this in Calibri. Are you joking yes. me? Get that no. Verdana, get that Verdana stuff on right now. <laughs> there, there was no font talk, uh, surprisingly, but, but yes, we definitely uh, had. Uh, all three of us were kind of deciding how to respond, and also got yeah. my girlfriend involved, who's a copywriter, <laughs> to be like, "Hey, can you, can you do a readover of this for us, please?" Really. You did, didn't yeah. you? That's oh, not we t- a joke. I totally. You no, that's not a joke. Totally, you totally did that. I'm a hundred percent serious. Wow, that's amazing. But then, what do you do? Because you said you like, because you, you're about to send it. Because like, I asked, I asked Rodney Smith. I said, "Do you want to come on the show one time?" And he went, "Yeah, I've heard the show. I've listened to the show that you did with Mark, who runs Aircon. So yeah, of course." And I was like, ah. and then I went, he went, "Here's my email address. Send me an email." And I was the same thing. I kind of like went, "Do I go for?" intelligent do i go for kind of you know friendly but not too friendly with a slight due of respect or you know, or, or do There's... i just mash my mash my face against the keyboard and then just hit send and just see what happens kind of thing and is that kind of it's that kind of strange that kind of strange kind of set up this is board games man that's what it does to us i know that's kind of strange it's kind of strange um how much? I mean, you you must be playing kind of quite a lot then if you are recording a show with the people that you play games with. So, I mean, would you say, have you, are you a collector type of person in terms of the board game type space? I mean, are you, are you the type of guy that you have one of everything but don't necessarily play everything that you have just because of the amount that you have? Or are you kind of, do you have quite a tight rein? on kind of what you own as alongside kind of what you play? So I I have a little bit of a anti-collection mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, I do have over 200 games, so let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Mark, one of my co-hosts, has over 500. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of the difference uh, between us. But we all live in Los Angeles, so it's a little bit challenging storage-wise. Uh, but for me, I think I think that people currently are buying too many Kickstarter games. They're yeah. buying, you know, I, I saw a forum thread on Facebook that was, you know, what Kickstarter Euro game should I look into? Kind of like, like that was the place that he wanted to start that discussion. And it's just yeah. insane to me to w- why would you look at Kickstarter for a Euro game that you won't get for two years? when there's 7,000 of them on BoardGameGeek and, and we can tell you which 10 are the best, you know? So it, it was just an odd thing to see that that mentality of, of collecting or being a part of the Kickstarter was fun in a way, but but you don't know the quality of that game that you're going to get. Um, so, so for me, collections, uh, I, I try to avoid them, to be honest. Um, I, I met a man once um, when I was younger who was an older gentleman and he had four or five hundred watches. Yeah. Um, and he invited me into his house and, and he spent like an hour going over each watch and telling me about them and you know, and he lived by himself and it and it um it kind of impressed upon me how how potentially I, I, it brought him happiness, so I don't want to project onto him, but he was also alone and by himself and so excited to talk to anyone who would talk to him about his watches. <laughs> and it kind of, and it kind of freaked me out, um, in a way that that you know, if if I'm deciding should I collect things or should I not, uh, Callan, me as myself, I, I I don't think collecting things is the right mentality. So I, I I try to be careful with board games. I cull board games a lot. I get rid of probably ten or more a month at this yeah. current time. Do you? 
do you have a strict routine in terms of you get something in, you make sure it's played as quickly as possible? And then from there, do you have like a decision where you're kind of like, right, okay, this definitely has to go in the keep pile. This is in, we'll give it another try pile. And then this one is, you know, this one can go anywhere. It doesn't matter as long as it's not here. You know, it can go anywhere else at all. Yeah, I have um, a shelf of shame. Um, <laughs> and that's that's another one. People have started calling that a shelf of opportunity, uh, which yeah. I think I don't agree with at all. Um, but the shelf of shame has over 30 games on it right now. So that's pretty shameful. Um, that is. We, we also we get sent uh, enough review copies now that I don't feel as bad because sometimes it's not a game I even want. Um, And so uh, trying to decide what to do with that. But then I also have a shelf of um, games that I want to try one more time before deciding. It's almost Mm -hmm. like Purgatory or the Halfway House where they're halfway out of my collection. Um, (laughs) And um, I probably have 30 or 40 games in that section. Um, And then I just have the general collection. What's been turning your head at the moment then? Uh, I was just looking. My collection here is all to my right in my calyx. I am a true board gamer after <laughs> all. <laughs> I mean, I think um, you get your membership revoked if you don't have um, at least one calyx in your possession. Um, even if you're not using it for board games, as long as you have a calyx in your possession, then you're fine. Yes, it's kind of like one of those kind of things. Your IKEA um, membership card is needed. Yeah, actually, I have heard people that um, that pass around packaging from Calax shelving. So in case the inspectors come around, they can say, "Look, I do have, I have one somewhere." But uh-huh. here's the packaging to prove that um, that I kind of that I kind of have it. Um, but you know, um, what what I mean at the moment is there anything that you're going to go? And, yeah, I want to get this back to the table again. I was really impressed with it. It should be, you know, a lot of fun. Yeah, so we just um, did a Dune book club um, for the sci-fi novel. So all the hosts of Board Game Barrage read the whole book uh, and Mm -hmm. then had a six-player Dune game about two weeks ago. And I am just dying to play it again. So this is the game that came out in the 70s from the makers of of Cosmic Encounter. Um, Uh So I I have a print-and-play version. There was a professional, a company that you could just pay for a print-and-play of it. Yeah. Um it's uh it was just announced that it's going to be reprinted by Gale Force 9. Yes, um, I heard that. Yeah. And I heard that. I'm um it's such a unique wacky game that I just don't know how the market's going to accept it, but I just I really really liked it. Had a really great time. Did you play Rex at all? So, I actually haven't um I, I grew up on Dune and so when Rex came out, I kind of did the whole poo-poo it you know, yeah. just even though I'd never played it. Um, I I would like to try Rex now, um, so I'll probably seek out a copy just to see the difference between them. I, I mean, I have no... I mean, does anyone have love for Twilight Imperium, right? The Space Lions? Mm, no, I mean, I've... <sighs> Twilight Imperium seems to be one of these things that everybody kind of talks about, but I've not actually seen anybody play or I don't know of anybody personally who sat down and had a game of it I played Rex but Twilight Imperium to me seems to be one of these grail games that people say yeah Twilight Imperium I've got it and then the folk that I've spoken to that have had it haven't actually managed to get it to the table because just for me asking me to commit kind of like eight hours of my life to sitting at a table is just potentially a little bit too much even like because i could play a couple of other board games in that place so i don't know i'd be interested oh you should play it once i think once is probably all you'll ever need i think that modern design has done a lot to condense and shorten that type of gameplay so Mm -hmm. the the depth the depth just isn't there for the length of time uh that it takes in my opinion so what i mean what kind of games are you kind of into i mean is there a particular game that you will without a shadow of a doubt get to the table if somebody kind of gives you the you know the kind of the option i mean are yeah you... i'm uh, sorry i keep cutting it's funny because on on our podcast we just shout over each other and that kind of works you know someone well i can do that as well if you want to no, no, no. i mean it's fine I don't. <laughs> you know we can just <laughs> no i just i don't want to i don't want to be the rude american boy um but i might be no matter what i do that's fine. Yeah, I mean, that's completely acceptable. I mean, it's about time I was put in my place. 
So, you know, and, 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 you know, and normally we all just sit about and we have like signals to say, now you talk and then they signal back and say, now you talk. And that's how that works. But if you want to talk over me, Wait, then you that's... use signals? Is that are we supposed to be signaling no. each other? Oh. <laughs> I I believed you for a second. That was, I was brilliant. Really... It's like that. I've got one. Jimmy, yeah. I've got one. I'm just um, reeling him in. <laughs> He's back again. So What kind of games do you like to play then? <laughs> I, I I'm to me, if a game is not interactive um, yeah. in in a very direct way. Um, I I lose interest, you know. So a lot of the modern puzzly Euro games, uh, parallel play, where everyone's kind of adjacent to each other but not interacting, feels a- antithetical to what what board games are for me. Um, so yes. some games that are in my like top game collection, like Archipelago, is a game that's a, a semi cooperative uh, hidden hidden trader game. So uh, what I love about that is that you're all playing a kind of Euro game about uh, settling this area and exploring the archipelago, but mm-hmm. only one player is going to win. And so there are these crises that come up. And during those crises, everyone has to contribute pineapples. And if, if you don't get enough pineapples, the game ends and everyone loses. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so what it means is that the, everyone has to feel like they can win yeah. in order to continue the game. But the player who's in first place is who you're going to lean on to provide those pineapples. Now, yeah. that's confounded a little bit further by the fact that in you know one out of three or one out of two games, there's a hidden trader who wants the game to end, but you don't know if there's a hidden trader or not. Um, so it leads to all this brilliant... The, the game is between the lines. of the, the rules of the game are the framework, and then where the game actually happens yeah. is is when you say, well, I'm sorry, I don't have any fish, so I can't help with this crisis, even though you have a ton. And and, and that interactivity in Archipelago is just unmatched uh, for me, so that's one of one of my favorite uh, highly interactive games. Have you, um, played, have you played Dead of Winter? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dead of Winter um, is, is not one of my personal favorites. I think, mm. I, I like Dead of Winter. I think the story the story of it gets in the way and and some of the the objectives feel a little clunky to me uh compared to archipelago it's like on your last turn someone will be like all right now i need to go you know collect this item in order to win my victory condition mm-hmm. um but it's definitely in the same realm that's that's the same type of thinking that it does i think semi cooperative is a very fragile game to to balance and i don't think many have done it right i think dead of winter it's, is definitely on the list of of doing it right, uh, but for some reason it's just never been. I, I think the zombie thing, I'm I'm over. You know, we get it. It's about humanity. It's not about the zombies. I just I'm tired of that. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of people kind of saying that nowadays. That not necessarily having another kind of. We don't need another zombie game. We don't need another zombie film. Uh, <laughs> we don't need anything along those lines. But um, Dead of Winter is a funny one because it can either play the everybody tries to help each other all the time or depending on the type of group if you played it a couple of times then you then you can kind of bring in the betrayal betrayal mechanic but i think the first couple of times i play i don't think anybody wants to bother with that because it's it can be a difficult one to play to try and be kind of difficult um yeah you know and i think most people try to want to kind of play a game so they're kind of winning together which is always kind of Kind of, kind of enjoyable. What about the kind of like the shorter, kind of quicker games out there? You know, have you kind of ventured into kind of like your key forges and things like that? Uh, I have not. I I played Key Forge once or twice. Um, mm-hmm. I I love the idea behind it, um, but mm-hmm. I was a little the and and the decision space right of of choosing one of three um, of the factions and getting to do all the actions related to that. I thought was really brilliant. Yeah. Um, but it the the decks that we got from Fantasy Flight just did not seem very balanced. So we played two or three games, and one of the decks just won every game. And 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 it kind of goes against my idea of collections. Um, in a sense, I think it's smart that you can buy two you know decks and play, and that's that's great. But if you want to be good, if you want to get good, it's actually even more predatory than Magic the Gathering because you have to buy a new deck. You know, if there are three cards in your deck that aren't good enough, 
yeah. in order to to get a better deck, you just have to buy a whole new one. Uh, and I, I I'm not sure where I'm at on that business model. Yeah, I'm. I, I I've seen it being. I, it's really funny because around about Christmas time, I think everybody that I knew was kind of playing it, and it was quite usual for a couple of people at the the game group that I, that I go to. They were mad playing for it. They had gone as far as getting kind of like custom tokens, and they were using kind of uh, kind of almost beading kind of jewelry to represent, um, you know, represent tokens and things like that as well. I've not seen it kind of played for a while, and I don't know if people are waiting for the second iteration, which is going to be coming out kind of quite soon. Um, I don't know if it's going to. I don't know. I, I, I as I said. <sighs> It's kind of like did you did you um did you get to see what discover looked like which was uh, the other yeah. kind of random thing I have not played discover um I'd be interested in it but I you know a lot of I think there's this sort of anti-hype or hype train that happens and discover definitely got hit with the anti-hype train with some bad <laughs> reviews got tied to the tracks and then yeah. kind of left to kind of get run over Yeah um, I I mean I think th- that innovation is so cool, you know, and, and, and just on Keyforge, the last bit is like, you know, if, if you and I and a couple of other bros went down to the game store and each bought a deck, I feel like you could have a fun three or four hours just playing right then and there, you know, with that mm-hmm. deck. And so it's almost, it replicates the magic like sealed, like draft or, or, or some of those pre-release nights that they do. And so I think that's really smart and probably how I would I, I might do that when the second set of Keyforge comes out, but in terms of like playing it as a lifestyle game, that's where I kind of draw the line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you are you quite kind of focused on? Do you find out a lot about games before you kind of jump in? Because you sound like you got a fairly sensible head on your shoulders in terms of maybe not being led by the passion and the hype of a game, but you sound like the type of person that goes in and kind of analyzes. What's behind the game, and am I kind of gonna am I gonna enjoy this kind of game before you kind of you kind of jump in? Because you're fairly dismissive about kind of <laughs> Kickstarter, and the whole thing about Kickstarter is obviously the fear of missing out. So, I mean, when you're deciding on a game, are you the type of guy that will like go through kind of playthroughs and stuff like that, or if you're going through review copies, if it's not when you read the rule book, you're like kinda like regardless of what everybody else has said, you're just like, nah, this isn't this isn't for me. I'm not I'm not really gonna be able to kind of commit to this, kind of playing it properly. Yeah, I think um just to to be clear, I, I, I'm a I I have backed probably over forty Kickstarter campaigns. So <laughs> I'm not I you know, I I'm lucky enough to have enough disposable income that that's okay, I guess yeah. I would say. Um but but when I'm one of the rules, probably my biggest rule is that I believe that a rule set should be uh, as short as possible to deliver mm-hmm. a a maximally enjoyable experience. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and what that means is a game like Battlestar Galactica, right, has a ton of rules, has a ton of edge cases and little things. But but it's trying to make you feel like you're you're on the show Battlestar Galactica. And so yeah. in that in that sense, it's it succeeds. Um, but a lot of, of what I feel like we're seeing in the design space is just, uh, you know, let's eat up a bunch of different mechanisms and then vomit out another version of that. <laughs> um, and, and so I don't actually, I'm not very good at reading rule books and understanding how that will play. So I'll always play anything. Um, I think that that's one of, definitely one of my rules. We played, um, a Euro game this past week that I probably knew I wasn't going to love, uh, Great Western Trail. Um, super yeah. popular, super yeah, popular I mean, people, game right now. Yeah, people fight bears for that kind of game. You know, it's like I don't like Great Western Trail. You said what about my family? No, I said I didn't like Great Western Trail. What is it you said about my brother? I said nothing. I said I didn't like a board game. Calm down, you know. Yeah, and 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 Great Western Trail is not a game that I need to own. But you know, hmm. there are, there are decisions in it that I, I it's not interactive enough. But I think, you know, it did something so interesting, right? And and probably what we'll talk about on, on our upcoming podcast episode is is instead of having you fulfill like contracts and objectives on a whole mm. game sense in like two hours or three hours, you're you're making the route over and over again and you're com- you're going through the whole trail. And what that yeah. does is it makes the game a little bit more tactical 
as opposed to that strategy that you have to plan out for three hours because I, I, I'm not good enough at that strategy where you're the, the strategy you make on turn one is the same at the end of a three hour game. And so I thought Great Western Trail reduced analysis paralysis. It did a lot of smart things um, and it made for a really snappy, like heavy Euro experience. So I, I thought that was really cool. Um, so, you know, I, I, there are always things that I feel like I can talk about a game, even if I don't ultimately think it's for my collection or for my taste. Mm-hmm. What um, what was the driving force be- behind kind of putting something out there in the first place in terms of the, the kind of the podcast? I mean, you sound like you've got a lot to say. Yeah. Were you kind of, were you kind of, I don't mean, I mean that in the kindest possible possible way with just a slight hint of insult but not too much Perfect. maybe about three maybe about three percent um but were you finding you were having the discussions all the time and then did one of you kind of turn around and just say do you know what we should just record this and just put it out there that's that's almost exactly it and i think <laughs> i i think what makes my um hyper hyper derogatory um comments palatable is that i'm one third of the podcast um so so, so i got the worst bit is this what you're saying you you got the most controversial uh, let's, right, let's be fine. very very specific about that so it frequently devolves into a two versus one where it's me defending mm-hmm. a position that they don't agree with and then we argue about that on the show i i think for me there's there is overall a lack of um not critical thinking but but the the established format is, you know, if you're describing a game, this game is good for small children who like aquariums, you know, seven yeah. out of ten. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's like, my trigger word. Sorry, seven out of ten. I used to review video games. So somebody uh-huh. says to me, you know, seven out of ten. If you had said if you'd followed that up with um, now, um, it's a fan. It's great for anybody who's a fan of the genre. Um, yeah. It might not be suitable for everyone, you know. I, this table's getting flipped. You know, you right. would just, you would just be spinning in the room, kind of thing. And I, I just think that there's this, like, there's money on the line, man. You know, and and so people people say like, well, how big should your collection be? And you know, I have a whole episode where we talked about this, and and I think the answer is is really how much you can afford. Um, and and so I have I have all these like weird. I, I think that there are games and then there are better games. And and I don't think that the board game media in general does a good enough job delineating which of those two it is. It, it's very insular. It's very, you know, the people are volunteering at at the publisher's booths, the media personalities, and, and helping them run their booths in exchange for free admission to conventions. I, I, I just... People are spending their money and they want to know what's best. And, and I just... I feel like Board Game Barrage does a good job of being very straightforward about what we like and what we think is good. Yeah, I think it's just the maturity of the the kind of the media. I've seen a discussion. I've seen a couple of discussions recently. I've seen kind of um, James Hudson talking about people selling on prototypes. Yeah. Um, and it kind of turned out that you know somebody had kind of pitched one up at a garage. A garage sale, garage sale. Was there an <laughs> ice box, man? Was there an there ice box? Was an, in, there was in several. The garage. There were several ice boxes in the garage. That's, that's weird. Um, no, but um, yeah. But then there was the um, the other side of it as well, where people were talking about people. Somebody was actually confusing previews with reviews, and talking about kind of like. Um, quality of previews and and things like that and and really kind of mixing the whole thing up and kind of we're talking about you know are we heading for a a kind of a bubble bursting because of the paid review thing in which i had a whole pile of content creators running up and saying paid reviews who does who does paid reviews kind of thing and um i see where you're coming from with a kind of how do you review a game of somebody that you kind of know quite well that you've ended up getting to know as you go up the kind of the ladder you know because look at it this way i can't 
I could probably email Stephen Bonacore tomorrow, even though he doesn't like me because I've started secretly filming a series of shows where I do impressions of Stephen Bonacore. <laughs> um, you know, um, and his interactions with Jamie Stegmaier. And, you know, it's never, ever going to happen because I'm never going to release it because he, he would have me killed. But if I, in order for me to get to the point where I can maybe speak to Stronghold Games, there's going to be a relationship kind of built. Yeah? Yep. I've got to prove myself as an audience. I've got to prove myself as out there, which, like it or lump it, you're going to have to go out there. You're going to have to get to know people. You're going to have to interact with people in order to kind of go up the ladder. So you're going to end up having conversations with Stronghold Games. You might bump into them at a conference and have a 10-minute conversation with them. Does that mean you're starting to be in the lines of colluding with somebody? As you're building up a relationship in order to... So that when you contact them when they're doing the next terraforming, whatever they're doing, terraforming Uranus... Yes. Um, Perfect. Do you like the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's unspoken. We'll not go there. But... um. You you can then rock up and say, right, okay, I'm interested in doing a preview of this game. They'll say, yeah, we know you. Of course you're going to get a preview. You're already on the kind of the list because we met at Gen Con. We met at Origins. We met when we were at the UK Games Expo kind of thing. And this is the kind of the sticky wicket where we are at the moment with the games industry because um, the distance between media content creators and the actual industry itself, which is a yeah, strange one. I think... Uh, you know, there's just no money in it, right? Board Game Barrage no. is is decently popular. It's not one of the top ten, but it but it's it's it comes up in discussions about people's favorite board game podcasts. But you know, we've never made a dollar, and and I don't know that we ever will. To be honest, we we lose money, so it's a passion thing. And that without the money, then you rely on the publishers to to give you review copies to allow you to to talk about games. I think. You know, I have one specific story or anecdote related to this. I am um, a huge fan of Cthulhu Wars, uh, which yeah. is an asymmetric dudes on a map. Amazing. Minis heavy. It's a $200 game. It's um, Sandy Peterson um, is is a very famous designer. He worked on Age of Empires 2, very well known within the community. And, and um, he recently reached out and had us do a preview of, of Hyperspace his new big 4X yeah. game yeah. on yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. And to tell you, you know, this felt like Christmas to me. You know, I was so excited to get this game. I was, mm -hmm. it's, it's a two-hour 4X game with a ton of minis, spaceships. I love Cthulhu Wars. And, and I played it for the first time and <laughs> really did not like it. <laughs> I really did not like it. And I played it a couple more times and really did not like it. And wow. to, be, to be honest, it was um, heartbreaking, honestly, personally, because, you know, I was already planning the Kickstarter video that I was going to be making, you know, hyping it up because I had my checkbook out for the all in pledge and that was three hundred dollars. And OK, and and figuring out how to navigate that was way harder than I thought it would be. Um, and I have one of the only negative reviews of it currently on BoardGameGeek, where I just I talked about it on the podcast. I was authentic to to specifically what I didn't dislike. Um, and the recommend is, hey, if, if you're into this, just buy Cthulhu Wars. It's better. Um, but that's that's a hard thing for, for a board game company, a publisher. And, and I didn't know, and I still don't know if I did it right. And, 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 and that's on a small scale, right? You know, and as I don't, I've met Sandy one time. But there are these these board game personalities and people who were all at the cons together every time. So it's it's a tough challenge, um, and I think no one can be objective. I mean, is the real answer? I think unless you're deciding you're not going to give an opinion, kind of at all. I mean, you've got as I say, going back to kind of like Rodney Smith. I mean, what he's famous for is not giving an opinion. Here's the game. This is how you play it. You know, let's move everything off to the table or the side of the table so you'll never ever see it again. And I'll bring it on as I need it kind of thing. And then you'll say, do you like your table, Rodney? I'm not telling you that. I'm not going to tell you if I like my table. Because I yeah. was going to tell, you know, I was kind of like when I met him at Aircon, I said, do you want a suite? He said, I love a suite. I says, anyone of these you like? And he says, I could show you how to unwrap the suite, but I'm certainly not going to tell you, you know, which one is going to be you? my favorite. No, he didn't. Oh, well, come analogy. on. You keep, you're too quick with these. I, I'm believing it. This is just like, you. You, 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 you know. 
<laughs> this is easy. It's like yeah. I don't know. It's you know, but you know, I'm as I say, it's it's a kind of like we're in a kind of of a a difficult place. But on the other side of it, as I keep kind of worrying about, is <clears throat> do we want to go the same route as the video game industry, where it appears that the video game industry <laughs> have got the review industry by the balls, <laughs> because. Yeah. Because it's a case of, you know, and, you know, you know, video, I've seen video game review companies saying, oh, we've not got a review of this game um, because they've been put on the second list. So they don't get the code before the game release to get the code on the day the game releases. So they can never have the reviews. So they're never going to get the traffic. And that's what I'm thinking about. Do we want the board game company, the board game critical side of the industry to be end up being kind of held to ransom by PR. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you didn't like the next phase of Keyforge? You know? Well, screw you. You're not... You know, you see that nice little expansion of Legion that you kind of... You reviewed the first thing I read, Legion? You're not getting that anymore because you... You stiffed us over when it came to kind of like Keyforge kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to overstate. I, you know, I certainly don't want to say that we're, you know, board game barrage is the only one that's telling the truth. I, I do think there are. There are highlights within the industry. Um, yeah. I think. I think what you have also is that as the technology makes it easier to to have an opinion in a podcast or in a video, you have more people entering that space, and mm. so the barrier of entry is very low. Um, so you have a lot of people who are not used to any kind of journalistic anything who are now you know putting their opinion on YouTube and trying to post it on Reddit, and you know that's that's what creates stuff like this too. Yeah, yeah. No, as I say, and there are, um, you know, there are people that are looking for to be put on the review panel so they can get the review copies. Yeah, I mean, I think, right, like Board Game Barrage started as an Instagram account, okay? (laughs) Actually, I I started an Instagram account called Board Game Barrage a couple years ago thinking that I could get review copies. I'll I'll be completely honest. And honestly, it's just not, the amount of hassle and work that you go through, I, I don't think receiving the review copy is what biases a reviewer, honestly. Because once you're established, you're getting so many review copies that it doesn't even doesn't even matter. That's not the factor. The factor is the personal relationships behind it mm-hmm. and, and not wanting... You know, you have your favorite designer ever who now knows you like his games or her games and he's he's sending you stuff, you know, so that you can check it out. And if you like their first game but not their second game, how do you deal with that? And 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 then they ask you, well, what did you think of it? And it's hard <laughs> hard to be critical. Was that a difficult conversation? I mean, have you had that conversation? I or- I ha- I have, and 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 we're constantly, you know, ongoing with conversations like that with with mm-hmm. designers, publishers, um, and and I think. I don't know. I I think at some point someone is going to get mad at us for being too honest with our own personal opinions. I don't know. I mean, going back to shut up and sit down, and obviously going back up the octave again. Um, they have got one thing which I know a lot of review, um, organizations kind of don't have, or media people, is they've got the kind of the complete independence because they don't rely on. They don't rely on any particular company to fund the, you know, to fund the show, to fund the organization. That they're completely funded by the audience that reads their stuff. Basically, you know, they have, you know, they don't even they don't even engage in Patreon. I mean, they don't even engage on a Kickstarter. It's like every year they kind of like they have like a, a fundraiser that you can pay in order to be part of that. And I think because of that, that allows them to be almost kind of scathing to games that they don't like you know it allows them that kind of freedom to be able to say look we we (laughs) we didn't like seafall you know i like the components i thought it was interesting as a game buy the game take the components apart and look at what a game design could be kind of thing and they can be kind of quite i mean i listened to them um on their one of their podcasts talking about wingspan and they were just like it's a game. It's really, really nice. It's really, really lovely. It's not for us. You know, we thought it was kind of middle of the road kind of thing. And it's kind of like, I guess, is the integrity because 
Um, they've got the money behind them that if if whatever if somebody came around and said you're not getting reviews copies from us, it's like well it's fine. I can go out and get you know I can go out and I can go out and buy another copy you know in three weeks time when it is officially released and we can still do a review and we'll still get twenty five thousand people kind of viewing it, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I think shut up and sit down is definitely one of the ones I I sort of mentioned earlier. I think. Um, you know, for example, I, I, I recently talked critically about Architects of the West Kingdom, which mm-hmm. is a huge darling. And, and someone sent me a message because someone on Twitter had said, oh, my God, I hate it when people talk bad about games they don't understand, you know, unsubscribing from their podcast. I'm done with them. And they were talking about us. <laughs> um, and wow. So, um. I think that Shut Up and Sit Down also has a little bit of, of a halo effect because they are they sort of have the biggest hammer in the whole space, right? Maybe the second biggest or the biggest hammer. So they're 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 the big boys. So they have a little bit of protection to be a little bit more critical, I think. But yeah. I, I agree it comes it does come from the way in which they fund their show, you know, because some of the other alternatives, you know, you get to back their Kickstarter, but then they give you all these promos for games. So it's like, you know, back the Kickstarter and then you'll get a promo for Terraforming Mars. And that that's super insular. That's that's all feeding on itself. It's weird stuff. Yeah, can it help us create content and be critical, but here's a whole group of free stuff that we've got from developers yeah. that we're going to be critical of during the year. Thanks very here's, much. Here's 2,000 promo copies of this, you know, card expansion that everybody's going to want and we'll give it to you for free hey <laughs> that's just slightly controversial Callan that <laughs> because it, that is kind of like the you know I we did a Kickstarter I didn't do promo copies because I asked you know I, I, I again I don't think we're big enough to rock up to, I mean I've had so many people on the show that I could probably approach a whole like a lot of people yeah. and say, could you give us a promo and we'd get it. But we decided to go down the route of giving people biscuits um, instead, cookies, basically, gluten-free ones, which are, are kind of going... They're going out, basically, by the time people read this, they should actually all be on their way to our fulfillment centres. But I didn't want to go down the promo route because I wasn't confident in approaching people and asking them for it. And then if you go around and ask people for it and you get, like, two, then I'd look like an idiot. <laughs> Here's my two promo cards. Just, just make them... They got to be good ones, right? Like Gloomhaven and... Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Promo copies of Gloomhaven for everyone who kickstarts. I didn't know you did a Kickstarter. Was that Did that work out well for you? Yeah, I mean, we triple funded. But I didn't go for a massive amount. I mean, I ended up with, like... It was for the laptop that I'm looking at now. It was to go to a couple of conventions. It was just to see. I didn't even think it was going to be kind of like a big thing. It ended up being, like, a nice little additional thing that got me some much better equipment that I needed to improve the quality, the audio quality of the show, not necessarily the audio... (laughs) The content quality of the show. I mean, I'm a direct That's result a... of your Kickstarter, right? I've you've upgraded your yeah yeah perfect. You know, definitely. You know, I I went for people who can't pronounce the name of their own show properly. Well, you got you em. know. So I definitely kind of I definitely had to kind of get you involved in the show because I went, who can I get? And I was like, we'll get those. Uh, we'll get those. Uh, the Barrage Boys. <laughs> we'll get them on the show. That'll be kind of that'll be kind of kind of fantastic. Um, for, I mean, as I say, you talked about kind of like just getting it together and kind of starting to kind of chat and then kind of putting things out there. Um, with the name, how many iterations of the name did you go through? I mean, did you did you go for like you know? I mean, how many different names did you have with the word board in it? How many different names did you have the word meeple in it? Yeah, I think I think looking back, I may have wanted to remove the word board game from the name. Um, I went through a, a, a big list of interesting B words because I like the idea of board game and then one word with B. But obviously, you know, a bunch of other people have done that with yeah. board game blitz. You know, I'm spacing, but there's a lot of them. <laughs> Um, 
I, I think I like I like where we've arrived. Barrage has sort of that military thing to it, and, and we have a little motif where we're each a different color tank. So our logo yes. is the three tanks, and so you know, like You're the my, red one, aren't you? I am the red one, the aggressive one. Um, and so I've, I've never been able to tell. By the way, <laughs> you spoke to that. I would have said he's definitely, you know, he's the fluffy kind of kitten one, kind-hearted. Um, yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> So I, I I like the name. I'm I'm cool with it. I think um, there is a board game called Barrage, and yeah. that's that's wrecking havoc on our search engine optimization right now. Uh, because if you search for Barrage board game, you know that game comes up, and I'm like, God damn it! Have you thought about actually approaching them and say, Listen, guys, I know you think your traffic's gone up. <laughs> you yeah, know. but that's but that's my traffic that you're stealing. That's actually my career. Can you send me some of that traffic? Could you yeah. put a page on your site saying you're coming for this controversial uh, shouty podcast and you've got this game and said, Is it a good game? Have you played I have not, it? I have not played it. Um, so maybe I should. That would be a kind of fun meta episode to talk about Barrage on the, the board, board game Barrage. Barrage. The board game Barrage on the board game Wait. Barrage podcast. That would be cool. What happens if it was like, I mean, it could be the best game ever. And then you could end up getting sponsored by them. And then you. <laughs> I, I think we, we've talked about the dangers of sponsorship, but yes, a retheme of the Barrage game using our tanks and likenesses. Yeah. Yes. I'm I think it'd be totally. That. I think that should, that should definitely kind of be something that's been happening. Um, how have you found the marketing of. Because you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned about, um, obviously, everybody's got a podcast. That's a kind of an ongoing joke kind of thing in the industry. Is like I saw IDW put a post up on Facebook saying, if anybody's like doing podcasts or media creators and want to get on a review list, then please, you know, get in contact, add yourself on the, you know, get in contact, send us a direct message and we'll get you added on. And there was about 170 comments and all these names that I've never even ever heard of in my kind of life. In terms of you kind of getting the name out there, getting the word out there and people kind of listening, is it more and more difficult to do that? Or, you know, obviously, did you find it quite quite an easy thing to to kind of get people kind of interested in what you were doing? No, I mean, I think, you know, after five episodes, you know, when we hit 100 downloads on one episode, I was so excited. You know, I was... <laughs> beyond excited and 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 um obviously that's that was super small numbers at the time i think i think authentically uh, authentically i post on on reddit on the board game subreddit every day just at work um and so so it's kind of it was kind of easy because that becomes a, a source of of marketing quote unquote but really i just like talking to people about board games and so we talk to people there um a lot you know, we've since started a Discord, which is like a, a chat room service. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have yeah. a- almost 200 people in there. And at any one time, there's 30 or 35 people online at any time just talking to us about board games. And and I think it's about building a community of people. And that sounds like bullshit. That sounds like stuff I hear at work. But, but it, you know, I, I think you have like Heavy Cardboard who did such a good job of saying all heavy gamers come and talk with us. Yeah. Um, and so we have a unique perspective on the hobby and I feel like we're gathering kind of our group and, and hopefully, hopefully that gets bigger and, and marketing, marketing is hard. Um, I think that the, the advice and not that I'm, you know, I, I, I honestly, I imagine half the people who listen to this won't even know what the board game brush podcast is. So I wouldn't say we're super well known, but I will say that I, I think that people who just put out these YouTube videos, video after video and, and, instead of having a care for the marketing behind it or how how often they want to post and the quality of that um we were very big believers on make it make it professional from the very beginning as professional mm-hmm. as we knew how to make it um mm-hmm. and then don't don't deviate so you know our weekly podcast has come out every week for over a year now uh we haven't missed a week um and that's important to us and that, you know that's not important to different kinds of podcasts like but for us, it's a weekly board game podcast, and we don't we, we try really hard not to digress into what like what we're talking about now. We're very intentional about what makes the episode, and we edit out things that we don't think should make the episode. Um, so I think it's about having a product that you believe in, 
uh, and then organically just interacting with the community. But I mean, the more the more there are, the harder it is. So and and the more established giants, it, it's hard. And sometimes it's just luck whether you get have success or not. You know, and and one of our biggest success successes so far is is having you know Quins of Shut Up and Sit Down say, "Hey, I listen to this podcast," and that's you know that's a big uh, social validation, I suppose. And it's I mean it's it can help with the numbers. You know, because yeah. people um, people find it difficult to make a decision, which is why we exist in the first place. You yeah, know, people want they want somebody like Matt Lee's to they want to watch a fifteen minute video on Matt on Matt Lee's to reinforce the fact that they were never ever going to buy this game, and they're really glad that Matt doesn't like it, and they want to watch another video with like Quinn's doing a video and saying how he really really loves this game because that justifies to them sticking you know their hand in their back pocket and putting fifty dollars down on this particular kind of game. People aren't very very good at kind of making decisions, and sometimes it's the it's the whole fear of missing out. You know, if somebody says, "Oh, I I like this. I'll listen to it," then other people are like, "Well, I I better jump on and kind of and kind of listen to it as well." And they're very, very kind of strong influences. Remember, was it um, a couple of years ago they did a, just a news article um, on Champions of the Wild, which is like a, it's an interactive kind of card game. You basically are pretending that you're at an animal Olympics. And you've got different events based on that. And I think the news article basically said, we've played a preview copy of this for the Kickstarter and we really, really like it. And basically, the it went from kind of floating to being kind of just barely starting off in their funding and Kickstarter to being funded, overfunded, to the point that they've now done a second version of oh, wow. the game on their second Kickstarter, you know they've managed to kind of. So in some ways, it's kind of helped them. It's kind of helped them build the business. Um, <clears throat> I'm conscious we're talking. Uh, we're doing the job of being the advertising executive PR team for Shop and Sit Down, and we're not doing anything about your good selves. So if um, if people are listening along tonight and they wanted to, they wanted to know what they can expect if they tune in. Because um, obviously, so far they've heard, they've heard arguing, shite, shouting, differences of opinion, and um, you know things like that. But if they decided to tune in, what could they expect if they uh, if they rocked up? Yeah, I mean, I think the format is fairly straightforward and and industry wide. It's uh, essentially what we've been playing over the past couple of weeks together, um, mm-hmm. and then we talk about. Um, we usually read a review because um, we have people write the most ridiculous reviews of our podcast um, <laughs> where because we have we have a tracker on our website for which tank you like the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you review us, if you tell which tank you like the best, we actually add that to our website. So it spurs All this, right, okay. this okay. fight. Um, but then then we move on to to kind of a feature topic. And I, and I will say one of the things that we like to do is talk about things that lean a little bit more philosophical than just um, specifically related to, me- to mechanisms. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, our topic on collections really ended up being a topic about, you know, the dangers of, of owning objects and how those objects define you. Um, yeah. You know, we had a conversation about gateway games and that conversation actually ended up being more about how you shouldn't be trying to convince others you know, it, it's not what are the best gateway games because we'll give you those gateway games and we'll talk about them. But then we'll also talk about like how you should probably find board game friends and not try to convert. You know, if you invite someone over for game night with beer, you know, they, they're not coming over to be converted to play Great Western Trail. Right. No, they just they just no. want to hang out and, and being honest yeah. with your intentions and sort of the uh, the philosophical layer underneath that. You know, we, we argue a lot about king making and, and how. What are, what is your purpose and what is the social contract that you enter into when you play a game? Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that if you're put off by any of my opinions, you know, Mark, the uh, green take is much more of a, a he likes all games, basically. Uh, and then Neilan, the orange tank is more of a Euro style gamer, like some solo mm-hmm. gaming. Um, and so that discord between us, um, I think, helps people arrive at whether they're going to like a game or not, because. You know, we have seriously gotten emails asking, like, how are you guys even friends? 
Um, and really? Yeah, because and and I think I think you can tell that there's there's love underneath it all, but but it does get heated enough that that we sometimes stop the recording and say, "Hey, are we okay? You know, do we want to go on a walk and <laughs> hug each other?" You need a campfire in the yeah. middle of the room, basically. Yeah, Something like no, that. You know, a no, drum, you know, stripped down to the waist. You know, that kind of business. That'll that'll work a that'll kinda of work a treat for you. Um if people want to if they've listened then and said, Right, okay, I want to give this a shot and they want to find you on the internet webs, where do we find you on the internet webs, Callan? Uh boardgamebarrage.com. dot com. Um mm-hmm. you know, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, uh, Board Game Barrage. Uh, we also, like I mentioned, have a cool chat room, a Discord uh, where people can come, and that that link is also on our website, boardgamebarrage.com. You know, we're on mm-hmm. iTunes, Spotify, basically anywhere. Um, you know, we have a, a fairly popular. We've we've made like five videos on YouTube, um, and those are our, our top fifty games of all time list that we did over Christmas. Yeah, um, and so the the top ten games. Our YouTube video has, I think, over four thousand views, so that's insane. Um, yeah, and, that's pretty good. Um, and so that's a good <coughs> entry point if you want something really familiar, like, well, what what are these guys about? Um, and and you'll find we actually have a lot more party games on that list uh, than I have Colorado in my top ten games of all time, which is not a party game, but it's super light. Um, yeah. So so we each have different preferences, but I think that that makes for a really good show. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd encourage you to check it out if, if I haven't put you off. <laughs> Make your own decision on that, people. Don't let them try and persuade you otherwise. You know, it's yeah, definitely, definitely like, worth a listen. I've never listened to your podcast, so I don't know what you're selling. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you know, um, if you want if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, um, go to the internet webs, search for We're Not Wizards. You'll find us on Facebook. You'll find us on our website, which is we'renotwizards.com. You'll find some written stuff on our blog, which is we'renotwizards.blogspot.com. We've got Instagram, which is we're not wizards, as if you search under Instagram. Don't go to Twitter. It's fucked. You're you're um, you're a Twitter champion right now, man. Five million people. <laughs> Five million people. You're the guy. I'm not the guy because it's like you know it translates down to. Do you know what a viral tweet does for you? I have no idea. It just means your phone buzzes all the time. That's all it means. It hasn't necessarily done anything for us. Your phone battery has is running out faster. (laughs) My phone is. My phone wants a divorce. Basically, I'm I'm expecting some kind of email solicitors. It's been very very interesting to to kind of. to put something out there at something stupid o'clock on a Monday morning and then have everybody go, yes, I totally understand what you're talking about. And I'm like going, well, I didn't know what I was talking about. So thank, thanks for that. Um, anyway, so it's good fun. But you can go to Twitter. It's dying down now anyway. <laughs> um, it's fine. You know, we're not wizards.twitter.com. Remember, do your first thing or whatever. I don't know. I can't even. You know, I've seen it so many times, and people are nicking it and sticking it on Facebook and claiming it as their own, which I find highly ironic. That somebody has actually stolen something that says "go out there and create your own content," and they're now stealing it and put it on, and and then said, "Yeah, this is my content." It's like you're an asshole. (laughs) Why would you do that? That that was (laughs) my hungover tweet that you're stealing from me. I, I know what you, I wasn't even drinking. I was at like two cups of coffee and I was like kind of like still half asleep. But anyway, so anyway, I might kind of sort of cut this all out because it's a sad little look at no, me, no. poor it's... poor little madman. If you do like what you've listened to tonight, my word bless you. Um, you can go to the you can find us on all the different podcast catchers like your Stitcher and Spreaker and your Acast and your Podknife and your Podbean and anything with pod and anything with cast in it. Yeah, and you'll find us. Spotify has not got pod or cast in it, but you can find us on Spotify. Isn't that glorious? If you like even more what you've listened to tonight, if you jump onto Apple Podcasts and you can leave us a rating or a review and a subscription. If you leave us a subscription, that would be fantastic. If you subscribe to the board game Baragi, or whatever they're called, (laughs) however you pronounce it, there you go. Um, (coughs) 
you know, you can pronounce it that way, or you can pronounce it barrage, or barrage, which is the correct way to pronounce it. Um, drop them as a su- subscription as well. If you like what you listen to when you listen to them for the first time, um, remember, maybe don't give them or us kind of 10 stars, because... I don't want to be big-headed, and having spoken to Callan, he definitely should not be any bigger-headed um, with his opinions than he already is. But at the same time... Wow! He, at Shots the same fired. time, At the same time, right? He's quite new to this venture, so we don't want to insult him. So don't give him one star, because that would be cruel. Um, just, you know, give him something in the middle, like a five, because it's average. I'm not saying they're average, but I'll leave it up to you to decide. Um, I don't think he's average at all. He's been rather wonderful. He's been rather fantastic. It's Callan Allen from the Board Game Barrage. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. That was fun. Um, There is only a couple more things to do. And the first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Callan? Um, I mean, you said I had a big head, so I'm going to go with... I never with... said you had a big head. You literally just said that. <laughs> not in kind of like the size mine as in kind of like you know an inflated ego time digging myself a horrible pit i'd like to be a wizard so yes i i claim i claim wizardry <sighs> such a disappointment right at the end <laughs> don't know how to come back from this just yeah I, I think we just gotta cut it out because i think we just got i just you know yeah hang up burn them um, and the other thing is to say goodbye. So it's, it's a goodbye from Callan. Say goodbye, Callan, you huge disappointment of a man. <laughs> so long. <laughs> and it's a goodbye. It's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes. And yeah, go and check out, you know, give him a shout. You know, help help the guys out. Um, it should be a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun. It's good when they're screaming at each other. It reminds you of when you were eight years old and your parents are downstairs arguing about who bought the wrong yogurt. So there you go. But until the next time, goodbye. Bye. A wizard is never late. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to.